Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. And welcome back, everybody, to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I actually have the privilege of being in person with our co-host, Mr. Kyle Bennett, today. How you doing, man? Let's go. I'm pumped. I like being in studio with people. It makes the, the flow of the podcast work that much better. Not that, you know, being on the phone is bad, but seeing your, your beautiful, shining face on this lovely Sunday morning is... Uh, is a treat in itself. Yeah, my lovely, shining, super hungover face. <laughs> nice and red like <laughs> Elmo. Yeah, I got pretty bad sunburn. For anyone that was listening uh, last night um, when we did our, our home league live draft, or if you haven't heard it, go and check it out. We posted it. Um, but I got so sunburnt yesterday to the point of I think I have minor sun poisoning. I was I drank in, in the over the course of our entire draft, I had like four bottles of water, like if not more. Yeah, dude, it was it was bad. But it is really cool to be here in person. It's so nice to uh be able to look at you while I'm while I'm talking and you know, not looking at my wall as I talk into my AirPods, <laughs> you know. So this is this is nice. It's a good change up. Talking into an actual XLR <laughs> mic and I know, it's it's nice. Having Gritty stare at you from behind. I love Gritty. Big Gritty fan. But uh but yeah, so today we have uh something kind of fun. So we are going to go team by team. I am going to announce what my hot take is for the season on these guys uh, from a fantasy perspective, and um, we'll see where it takes us. We could have something very fun at the end of the season with this episode, because uh, for those of you that don't know, the famous uh, Twitter account, Freezing Cold Takes, on the Twitter.com, oh, yes. is actually a friend of the podcast, follows us on Twitter, oh. at UndergroundPHI, so we could turn this into you know a, a season recap comeback show we where uh, we invite Mr. Freezing Cold Takes on the pod and uh, have him roast our, our our takes. We could, but I will say, if I'm going to say 32 takes here, if I hit on at least 20 of them, I will, I will take whatever freezing coldness comes to, comes to mind. Um, but so we'll jump into it. So we're going to go, we're going to go team by team. So we will start with the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm going to go ahead and this is my hot take. The Arizona Cardinals are not going to have a single receiver on the team this year that will be a weekly starter for your fantasy football team. It's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of hype around Christian Kirk, which I get it. Christian Kirk did a lot with his limited opportunity and limited team doing anything, really, uh, last year, and he looked pretty good. So Christian Kirk is the highest-drafted wide receiver in Arizona right now. But I, I personally think he's going too high. I think he's going to have a lot of good weeks, mm-hmm. but I don't necessarily know if he's like an every week starter. Like I think he's gonna, unless Kyler Murray like really like turns it on this year uh, in the air, which I'm really not banking on. Um, I, I can't see Kirk being more than like a flex option or even just matchup based. Yeah. So I know. totally agree. My my hot take for the Arizona Cardinals is that as if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know Kyler Murray is not going to be 
all he's hyped up to be. He's just, I just don't see it, especially in year one. He's not Russell Wilson, so stop comparing him to Russell Wilson. And uh, I just don't think Arizona's going to be a good team, and it all starts with your quarterback, and I just don't see the the hype around Kyler Murray. Yeah, I like him from a fantasy perspective. I don't know necessarily as my QB1, but I, I do like him just because he does have that rushing effect. But, I mean, in the preseason, he hasn't done anything spectacular exactly. on the ground. So it, it does make me a bit hesitant. So those are our hot takes for the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, you don't go from the very worst team in all of football last year to being an incredibly fantasy-relevant team this yeah, year. Just especially in happen. that division, too. When you're playing against rookies, the Seahawks, too. you're playing against the Rams, yeah. like, it just doesn't happen in one year. No, no way. Uh, so next up is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, my hot take for the Atlanta Falcons is that I have two. Devonta Freeman is going to be a low-end RB1. And Austin Hooper is going to be a top eight tight end. I like both of those. Uh, I ha- I also have two for this team. Uh, I think the Atlanta Falcons defense is going to be a lot better this year. Well, as long as they can stay healthy, um, for sure. So I, the Atlanta Falcons defense is a team that you should keep on your radar. And like Mikey said, it all hinges on them being healthy, but they have a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball. So the Atlanta Falcons defense is going to put up numbers this year. And uh, I think Calvin Ridley is going to lead the team in targets. You think he's going to lead the team over Julio Jones in targets? I think so, just because of That the, is bold. I, I'm going bold there, and I think it's mostly because teams are going to double-team Julio. And sure, Julio's going to get his, but if Calvin Ridley's only being single-covered, why would Matt Ryan not want to throw to him, sure. especially with that big body being able to go up and get it? I think there's a... a, a Slight opportunity for Calvin Ridley to lead the Falcons in targets. Okay, well then I will counter fiery take <laughs> you, and I will say that Mohamed Sanu will have more targets than Calvin Ridley this That's year. That's fair. So we'll see what happens with that. That'll be an interesting one to uh, to carry Definitely. out with. But uh, going back to mine, Austin Hooper, he was, believe it or not, he was the tight end six last year in PPR leagues, and he's on a phenomenal offense. They have a run game back now. Um, so I, I think... There's no, there's no reason for me to believe that Austin Hooper will do any worse than that. And then Devonta Freeman is literally two seasons removed from being an RB1 in fantasy football, and he's, he's good. You know, coaches are saying he's looking stronger, faster, he's in great shape, which, I mean, they always say that when a player comes back from injury, but I'm buying it. I think Devonta Freeman will be a, a top 12 running back to own in uh, PPR fantasy. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. Uh, someone who I don't think will be a top running back to own as from the Baltimore Ravens, this is my hot take for them. Mark Ingram will not even be a top 20 fantasy running back this year. And I made this take back at the beginning of April, and I got so much shit for it. But now with the emergence of Justice Hill, plus you know Lamar Jackson is going to get like half the carries mm-hmm. in Baltimore. Um, I just I, I can't see it happening. I don't understand all the Mark Ingram hype. I don't understand why his ADP is so early and why people are taking him so early when he's essentially splitting the backfield with three other running backs and Lamar Jackson. So in my mind, Mark Ingram is just so touchdown dependent and I have zero shares of him this year and I will not be seeking any shares of him. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, my, my hot take with the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson's going to be a QB1. I like it a lot. He's I do. He's changed his throwing mechanic this year. If you didn't listen to our Eagles Enemies episode with Kyle uh, Barber from Baltimore Beatdown, he was at training camp with the Ravens, saw it in person. 
He's got an accurate ball now, and he's got weapons around him. We've talked about Mark Andrews at length on this show. Hollywood Brown is his deep threat now. Willie Sneed was his favorite target last year. He's back, and he's going to give you that run factor. Last year, he was on pace to set the single-season rushing record by an NFL quarterback that was set by Michael Vick, and he was going to obliterate it. He was on pace for over 1,500 rushing yards. Which is bizarre. I mean, you gotta th- you got to believe that John Harbaugh... Those are designed runs. Yeah, but John Harbaugh can't be that much right. of a moron to where he's going to make sure that Lamar Jackson actually hits those numbers. Like, realistically, there is no possible way for a quarterback in the NFL to hit those numbers without being completely knocked out mm-hmm. at some point. So but I- there's a good chance that Lamar Jackson combines for 4,000-plus yards throwing and rushing. Oh, yeah. And then you get both the passing touchdown factor, and rushing touchdown factor, he's one of the sneakiest quarterbacks you can get to be a starter and a QB1 this year. Yeah, I think you could call him a lock for 500 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. Easily, and if not just, more. Just that alone is an extra, what, 80 fantasy points mm-hmm. on the year. So even if his quarterback play is, like, subpar, even if it's even if it's that, you're getting uh, 80 points. Just from being him and using him on the ground. So some players don't get that in a season. Yeah, and Lamar Jackson is being drafted as like a, a top end backup quarterback, like a top end QB two. Mm-hmm. And I honestly wouldn't be upset if I got yeah. quote unquote stuck with using Lamar Jackson as my QB one. Agree. So I, I do like that take a lot. Moving on to the Buffalo Bills, I'm gonna stay on topic of quarterbacks that were recent rookies, and I'm gonna say Josh Allen is also going to be a top twelve quarterback. Now, his he's got some of the best he's got one of the best arms in the league. You know, he can throw the ball just as far, if not farther, than Pat Mahomes. I mean, dude's got a cannon. Not the not necessarily the most accurate, but he's got John Brown now. And John Brown is a hell of a deep threat to have. So I really like that. He really likes Cole Beasley. And then going back to what we were just saying about Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen is essentially a lock to have 500 rushing yards and 500 uh, rushing touchdowns, especially with the nightmare that they have in that backfield right now between uh, McCoy, Gore, and Singletary. Like, I I can't see a scenario where Josh Allen, at, at the very worst, is like top 15. Like, I'm 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 saying he's going to be top 12, but I can't imagine a scenario where he's not just stellar mm-hmm. at, at at fantasy. Yeah, you brought up my guy, my hot take. Is that Cole Beasley is going to be a high ceiling wide receiver too this year? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm all for that. I mean, if if you if you break his points down, his his PPR points down in the first nine minutes of the of the week two preseason game, he would have had nine point six, I believe. It was either nine point six or nine point nine. Um, but he has over nine and a half points in the first quarter alone in PPR leagues. That's massive. I mean, granted, it was like five catches for forty something mm-hmm. yards. But if you're in PPR, if you have a guy that's getting five, six, seven, eight, nine catches a game, I mean, anything that he puts on in yardage is just a bonus at that point. Yeah. So I like Cole Beasley a lot. I think he might have went undrafted. He might league, have. Actually. Josh Allen just looks like he likes him a lot as his safety blanket. Yeah, and no Cole doubt. Beasley is a yards after catch machine. We saw that in Dallas with all the years he was there. Uh, I think he's going to be Josh Allen's favorite weapon in this offense, and uh, it's going to pay dividends. So Cole Beasley is going to be a high-end wide receiver, too, in PPR leagues this year. So moving over to Carolina, my hot take for my favorite team in the NFL is actually going to be that Curtis Samuel outscores DJ Moore in fantasy football this year. 
Um, I think DJ Moore is going to be he's going to have more receptions and he's going to have more receiving yards. But the cool thing with Curtis Samuel is that one, he's not going to be ridiculously behind DJ Moore in those stats. I think they're going to have a pretty even timeshare as the quote unquote wide receiver one on the team. But the cool thing about Curtis Samuel is that Carolina has so many designed runs for Curtis Samuel. He is like a hybrid between a running back and a receiver. He is so explosive. He is literally the most high praised wide receiver from camp this season, like on any of the 32 NFL teams, like you can't go on to a football website that gives any sort of news without reading something about Curtis Samuel like every other day. So I uh, I genuinely think Curtis Samuel is going to be the receiver to own. With that being said, yesterday in our fantasy that in our in our fantasy draft, I was talking about this when my pick was up. I had the option to take either DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. And I went with DJ Moore just because he is the safer option, in my opinion. He doesn't have the same injury past. And even though Curtis Samuel was a second-round pick a couple years ago, DJ Moore is that first-round pick. Like, there's a little bit more draft capital involved in him. And and where DJ fell to you in our draft, it I just had made to. more sense. I, I had to. I mean, I wanted Curtis Samuel so bad. I had the option to take Curtis Samuel, actually, with my next pick. But I already had Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, and DJ Moore. And as much as I love the Panthers, I can't, I can't have their entire <laughs> offense on my team. Like it just doesn't make sense. So Curtis Samuel will outscore DJ Moore uh, in 2019. Do you have any hot takes for the Panthers? Uh, I think Greg Olson is going to be fantasy relevant more than a lot of people expect. Yeah, you know he's falling pretty far. Crazy, and like, I know he's got the injury history, and he's getting older. But when Cam Newton's in there, he loves throwing the ball to Greg Olson, no doubt. And if Cam Newton's injured, that backup quarterback's going to want a safety blanket, and who better than one of the best tight ends to ever do it in Greg Olson? So yeah. uh, if Greg Olson's available for you, you should be picking him up because at one point he was an elite tight end one, mm-hmm. and I still think he has tight end one value this season. Yeah, and speaking of uh, putting the backup in, in case Cam Newton does miss any time, I don't think he's going to. It really doesn't seem like a big severe thing. He might miss week one, um, but that's that's the extent. But if Cam Newton were to miss any time, you do have to downgrade DJ Moore. You do have to downgrade Curtis Samuel. I think Greg Olson does see that uptick. And then Christian McCaffrey will be completely unaffected. I mean, he is the focal point of the offense. Christian McCaffrey is that Carolina Panthers team now. So no matter who's at quarterback, no matter who's at receiver, no matter who's the head coach, Christian McCaffrey is is obviously the guy mm-hmm. to own there. Um, so moving on to the Chicago Bears, my hot take for the Chicago Bears is that they will not have a QB one, a wide receiver one, or a running back one on their roster this year. Yeah, I flat out agree. I'm not buying into this Chicago Bears hype. People saying that their Super Bowl favorites are out of their minds. Mitch Trubisky is hashtag not good. Um, Allen Robinson is a wide receiver too. I like him, but I don't think he's a wide receiver one. And the running back situation there is a big old mess. Um, I just, I don't get the hype, and I totally agree. And I think Mitch Trubisky is going to take a big step back this year. Uh, I don't see, you know, the improvement. The Bears might just have to realize that they traded up one spot for a quarterback that's just not that good. And a quarterback they could have gotten at that other Exactly. Spot. Or they could have been smart. So my dad's actually a Chicago Bears fan, as you know. And every single day that I talk to him, he always brings up, I really wanted them to take Deshaun Watson. 
I told you, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I know, you told me, but whatever, you know. That's the way the cookie crumbles. It That's is. what happens when you uh, double doink your way into this situation. Yeah, live and let die. Uh, so we'll move on from Chicago on to Cincinnati, and I think I can speak for Kyle and I when I say Tyler Boyd will be a top 15 receiver in PPR fantasy football. You heard it here. I am the biggest Tyler Boyd fan in the world, and the fact that I had to pass up on him yesterday in my draft made me cry a little bit, but I do have a couple shares of him in my other leagues. I think he's going to be a top 15 guy, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Boyd Brigade is uh, alive and well, and uh, he still needs to come on the podcast, so if you're listening, Tyler Boyd, the invitation is always there. Uh, I will increase your your wager there tell because me, tell me top 10 i think tell me i think aj green is going to get traded oh therefore making tyler boyd the number one wide receiver in that Bengals offense and he will be a top 10 wide oh receiver oh my god dude if tyler boyd goes top 10 this year i will lose my freaking mind <laughs> my like i will i will be so pumped up and i will oh i just just thinking about that makes me so happy. I mean, I don't have him on my team. I don't want Dylan to do well. His team's already a juggernaut, but like, yeah. I'm a big Tyler Boyd guy, man. That would make me so happy. I don't. I don't think I could go as far as to say wide receiver ten, but I'm all on board with it. Um. So after we finish up in Cincinnati, we move on to the Cleveland Browns, and I'm gonna keep this one short because I think it's obvious, but for some reason this is a hot take with people. Kareem Hunt's not going to be relevant there. No. Kareem Hunt, if you drafted him, congratulations on wasting a draft pick because (laughs) he's going to sit on your bench until like week 9 or week 10. I think it's week 10. And, I I mean, what are you expecting from him? Like, they have Nick Chubb. The only way that Kareem Hunt becomes relevant is if Nick Chubb goes down with an injury or if Nick Chubb completely tanks in the first 8 or 9 weeks of the season. Like, if Nick Chubb is performing as well as everyone thinks Nick Chubb is going to be performing, why the hell would they take Nick Chubb off the field to put Kareem Hunt? Like, you don't want to mess with that chemistry. You don't want to mess with that, you know, the um, just the juju that's going on there, you know? Yeah, I mean, I know the, the Browns fans don't want any juju uh, hurting them because. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you if you drafted Kareem Hunt, like, what are you doing? You're doing fantasy football wrong, and I'm going to have to slide in your DMs and let you know that you're doing it wrong. Uh, with the Browns, though, I think Jarvis Landry is going to be a a potential low-end wide receiver one this year in PPR leagues. He's a target machine. Sure, Odell is there, but he's essentially that safety blanket for Baker Mayfield, more than David Njoku, and he's a guy like Cole Beasley gets the yards after catch, and if you're in a PPR league and have Jarvis Landry, I think uh, it's a good investment, and he's going to be more dynamic even with Odell opposite him than a lot of people are expecting. So, would you say Ray's pick of Jarvis Landry so early last night might turn out to be worth it then? It was early, but I think uh, it's a good investment even, you know, even though he reached. Yeah. I like like Jarvis Landry. I I could not go as far to say that he's going to be that highly toted, Um, but I, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. Uh, moving on to Dallas, which I know you'll disagree with me on, but uh, it's okay. Dak Prescott's going to be a QB1. He has Oof. been. He's going to play. Yeah, he's going to play, and he's been a QB1 his first three years, um, so he's going to be a QB1 this year. I mean, 
Dak Prescott is he doesn't do anything flashy for you on Sundays. Like if you have to start him, like you're not happy about it. But at the end of the day, you're gonna look at it and you're gonna be like, oh well, he's consistent. I mean, Dak Prescott ha- has never not been a QB one in fantasy since he's been in the NFL, and he you can get him for so cheap in all of your drafts. Like I. I had the opportunity to take either Jared Goff or Dak Prescott as my backup. I took Jared Goff because he is on the significantly better offense. Um, but Dak Prescott's just so consistent. I mean, there's not a better backup quarterback that I'd want on my roster because no matter who he's playing that week, I know I can count on him for that like 16 or 17 points minimum, and he's not gonna he's not gonna disappoint. Yeah, uh, I have two hot takes about this team. One. Zeke's not going to play this year. That's way hot. Uh, I don't. I think he's going to just hang out in Cabo because he wants to be that number one paid running back. I think he's. And, com- uh, I think he's coming back like by the end of this week. I I don't see it happening because he seems pretty upset. So I don't think Zeke's going to play this year. Uh, and I think Michael Gallup is going to be a more valuable wide receiver than Amari Cooper. Yeah, I um, I kind of agree with that and. When you when you say value, do you mean that he is definitely going to outperform Amari Cooper, or do you are you saying because Amari Cooper is drafted so early, Michael Gallup's drafted so late that Michael Gallup is going to be able to put up similar numbers? So the value is just going to be a little bit better. of both. Amari okay. Cooper also has that injury lingering with his foot, sure, so yeah, he could miss time. Uh, and and Dak and all the quarterbacks in this Dallas offense during the preseason have seemed to like throwing the ball to Michael Gallup when he's out there. Sure. And uh, I just think he's really talented. I hate that he's on the Cowboys. Yeah, I like Michael Gallup a lot. I've actually been I, I've reached on him in a couple of my leagues as uh, one of my backup receivers, and I, I'm in the same boat. You know, I think I think Michael Gallup uh, has, has the potential to be pretty tremendous mm-hmm. in this offense. Um, going into Denver, talking about a guy that I know you're big on as well, Emmanuel Sanders, the guy – that uh, is coming off of an ACE or not ACL, a uh, Achilles injury, a massive Achilles injury. Comes back, looks great in the preseason. He was talking himself up all off season, and I made this take back in April when literally no one was even drafting him at this point. Like he was, I think his ADP was in like the thirteenth or fourteenth mm-hmm. round back then. It was projected to be, and uh, I'm going to stick to it. Emmanuel Sanders will still be incredibly relevant, and there's no way that he's not a wide receiver too. Yeah. I mean, he looks good. It all hinges on the injuries, and we all know <coughs> things that happen with Achilles injuries. There's chance for re-injury or a, a different injury, especially uh, hamstrings and knees. Um, but I'm going to go opposite of Emmanuel Sanders, and if you're not drafting Cortland Sutton as a, a wide receiver three or higher, you're crazy. Because if that injury you know, hopefully doesn't happen to Emmanuel Sanders, but if it does... Cortland Sutton's the number one wide receiver in that Broncos offense, catching passes from a gunslinger and Joe Flacco in that you know high altitude air. The ball's gonna fly. Cortland Sutton needs to be owned at a high premium because I think he is is going to have a massive season this year. Yeah, I like Cortland Sutton a lot, and I saw a stat that I was I think I told you about um, last time we were together. I saw a stat where Cortland Sutton actually produces better when Emmanuel Sanders is on the field. Yeah. So it's that's definitely something interesting to follow. Um, but I, I I think owning either of these two receivers is, is going to be good news for your fantasy team. Um, so moving on to – where are we moving on to? Detroit. 
So my hot take for Detroit is that Marvin Jones is going to outscore Kenny Galladay in fantasy football this year. How do you feel about that one? Uh, as long as he's healthy. I think that's the biggest thing. But Marvin Jones is a touchdown machine, and that's what gives him his points. Matt Stafford loves throwing to him in the red zone and just kind of lobbing like, it up to him. He's like a great home run hitter, too. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at his stats right now. 2015, 2016, and 2017, he had over 100 targets. Now, I don't know if this is because Matt Stafford misses him or if he's got a drop problem or whatever, but even though he had over 100 targets three years in a row, his receptions were 65, 55, and 61. However, in those limited receptions, he put up totals of 816, 930, and 1,101 receiving yards. Now, 2017, two years ago, right? This was when... Because you remember, he was he was injured that last season. In 2017, he had 61 receptions for 1,100 yards and nine touchdowns. Like he was a borderline wide receiver one mm-hmm. to end that year, and he is so. I mean, he's so disrespected in fantasy drafts this year. It's nuts. Yeah. So I think I think Marvin Jones is going to go in. He has chemistry with Matt Stafford and even though so does Kenny Galladay I just I like Marvin Jones's ceiling a lot better than I like Kenny Galladay's now if you're looking for a safe floor I'd go Kenny Galladay Mm -hmm. because he's not as risky but this is a hot take and I'm going to confidently say that Marvin Jones is going to outscore Kenny Galladay yeah I can agree with that um my my take was similar I think Kenny Galladay is going to take a step back this year uh, I, you know, if everybody's healthy, they've added, uh, you know, two very good, solid tight ends to this offense. I wouldn't be shocked to see them go with a lot of twelve personnel. They've got their running back that they've so desperately searched for for you know what seems like forever. Uh, I think Kenny Galladay is going to take a step back, which means if you can get Marvin Jones later in your draft, you should be doing that rather than you know using a high premium pick on Kenny Galladay. Yeah, for sure. And I, I drafted Marvin Jones last night as, like, he's, like, the fifth or sixth wide receiver on my team. Like, that's bizarre. Yeah. So very confident with that team, obviously. <laughs> but, yeah, so Marvin Jones is going to have a big year for Detroit. We'll stay in that division, and we will talk about the Green Bay Packers. Uh, give me your hot take for them. Uh, Aaron Jones, RB1. Dude, I literally have... Aaron Jones will be a top 10 running back yeah. and right in front of me. Uh, he's just he's too good. Obviously, he's, if he's got the used, injury history. Dude, if he's used yeah. exclusively, like he's he, his yards, his average yards per carry, his rookie year and last year on I mean, granted limited touches, but mm-hmm. 5.1. Like yeah. what? Touchdown machine. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be a top 8 running back this year yeah if he's if he's on the field like he's electric which is going to help Aaron Rodgers even more because we all know Aaron Rodgers hasn't had a run game essentially his entire career Mm -hmm. um except for that one random Eddie Lacy yeah and even then it was kind of you know just hit or miss like Eddie Lacy would have big games and then just disappear I think Aaron Jones has top eight running back potential written all over him yeah I like it I like the take moving on since we agreed on that one Houston Texans now, my original hot take was that DeAndre Hopkins was going to be the wide receiver one, but he is going to score like 30 more fantasy points than wide receiver two. Like mm-hmm. The hot take is that he is going to be exponentially greater than the second best receiver. And I'll stick to that, but after last night's Lamar Miller going down with a torn ACL, my hot take 
my new hot take is going to be that Duke Johnson is going to be a legitimate RB2 this year. And I don't know if you could necessarily call that a hot take given what they have on their roster, but I'm going to go with that because there's no one else on the roster. And not that he's a, an upgrade, but as we were recording, uh, it was announced that the Oakland Raiders released Doug Martin. Seems like the obvious destination would be for him to go to Houston. Probably. Um, so he would look like likely to be a backup to Duke Johnson. Um, but my, my take is that uh, Will Fuller's going to play all 16 games. That's a hot take. <laughs> I'm rooting for it, though. I drafted him last night, that too. That you did. Uh, I think he's going to play all 16 games. I think he's a stud, dude. He's so Will, good when Will he's on Fuller, the field. In my opinion, if Will Fuller's on the field, if he's playing behind almost anyone besides DeAndre Hopkins, he's like the team's wide receiver one. Like he is, He's electric. He's Sean so good. Watson loves him. He has multi-touchdown games literally any time he's on the field. I, I think he's going to play all 16. Yeah. Now, do you want to get even spicier and say that he's going to outscore DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, I'm not there yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. That would be a little too hot for, <laughs> for this morning. Um, but who knows? If he plays all 16, has multi-touchdown games every week. I know. It's just they they got something special in Houston. I feel bad. I, I do really feel bad for Lamar Miller, and I feel bad for Houston. Um, but I, I really don't think it downgrades him that much. Like, Lamar Miller is very consistent, but he's not a game changer. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so next up on our list is the Indianapolis Colts. Boy, oh boy. So first and foremost, if you haven't, if you haven't listened to our live draft last night, even if you don't want to sit through the entire draft, you can fast forward to the last like 10, 15 minutes. We were on the air when Andrew Luck announced retirement and it just fell so quiet for a second. Yeah. On our on our live stream, it, it, it was, was nuts. it was nuts. Um, so that is a really unfortunate story. I feel really bad for for Andrew Luck. I really do. You know, he steps up, he does what he thinks is best for him, and he gets booed by his own fans and forced into this press conference last night because it was supposed to be scheduled for three p.m. today. Mm-hmm. But of course, Adam Schefter has to go and drop the news because that's his job. But it also sucks because Andrew Luck was forced into. His retirement press conference before he was ready, ready, yeah, and is just up there with raw emotion, handled it with utter class, and you know it just sucks that the Indianapolis Colts essentially destroyed a generational talent yeah. because they didn't put anything around him for his first four years in the league, and it led to him getting these continuous injuries. He talked about that, and uh, that's a big reason why he's stepping away. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, I totally see him. I don't necessarily see him getting into like broadcasting or anything like that. He just doesn't seem. He wants to travel. Uh, they said last night he wants to travel the world. Yeah. Uh, you know he's got a wife. He's got a family. A kid on the way too. Yeah. So I mean, I think he's just kind of ready to take football out of his life. Yeah, and you know what? If 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 he comes back, and I mean, he's made a ton of money mm-hmm. playing football. Um, but if he comes back and he needs a job, I guarantee he can contact the front office in yeah. Indianapolis and he'll get a job, no Easy. problem. Um, but with that being said, my hot take for the Indianapolis Colts was completely different than what I'm about to say. So my original hot take was that Devin Funches uh, was going to be a low-end wide receiver too. Now this was assuming that Andrew Luck was going to be on the field. Uh, obviously Andrew Luck will not be on the field, so I will not be announcing that hot take as my official hot take for the Indianapolis Colts. My hot take is that Dude, I don't want to own any of them. Like, I don't want to own any Indianapolis Colts. Like, 
I don't want Devin Funchess anymore. No. I don't want Eric. I definitely don't want Eric Ebron no. anymore. I mean, he put up 13 touchdowns with Andrew Luck. And granted, Jacoby Brissett is a decent quarterback. He's one of the best backup quarterbacks. He you is could the have. best backup quarterback in my opinion. And not anymore. Well, now, he's now he's a starter. A starter but going into this year, <laughs> yeah, you no, could you could say he was the best backup quarterback. No, no doubt. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't want Ebron. I don't want Funchess. I I still would obviously love T.Y. Hill. T.Y. But and I'm Marlon not, Mack. But I'm not taking T.Y. where he's drafted. I don't want Marlon Mack at all. See, I would because Jacoby's going to want to hand the ball off, and I think it's going to be something that they kind of center this offense around this year. It's more running than having to force Jacoby into throws that they don't necessarily want him to make. My thing is that Indianapolis is not going to be as good without Andrew Luck. Obviously. Which means defenses don't have to stay as honest. So I don't think Marlon Mack is... I don't necessarily think he's incredibly talented. Like, I think he is just behind a, a line that's pretty decent now, especially with Quentin pretty Nelson. Pretty good. Um, so I think he's just, like, in a good situation. But now that there's not the same threat um, in the passing game, I just – I'm not – I, I was a Marlon Mack fan this time, like, three or four months ago. And he's been declining a little bit and a little bit more every single day. And with the news last night – um, I don't want Marlon Mack on any of my teams, especially with how early you have to draft him. Like Yahoo has him ranked as like a top twenty-five overall player. Like he's going in the third round in Yahoo leagues because of where they have him ranked, and there's there's no shot, no shot. I would spend I would spend a fifth round on him, but he's not going to fall to the fifth round. So yeah. I'm I'm not going to own him in any of my leagues. Um, I mean it sucks. Andrew Luck's gone. Um. Who knows if he comes back, but I think Jacoby Brissett is going to be a high-end QB2 to own because he's going to be used, and he's going to throw the ball to T.Y. Hilton. He's going to check down to Marlon Mack. Um, it obviously takes away a lot of, of luster from Eric Ebron, but I still think Eric Ebron's a tight end too. But uh, don't sleep on Jacoby Brissett. So going on from Indianapolis, we moved down to Jacksonville, and... My hot take for Jacksonville is about D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook's going to be a legit wide receiver, too. Yeah, I love D.D. Yeah, That's he's, my boy. I mean, he's going to be hyper-targeted in that offense. Nick Foles loves him. Um, and I just I don't see a situation or any scenario where D.D. realistically loses a lot of work to any of the other receivers because he is just so much better than the other mm-hmm. receivers. He's not a great receiver, but he's pretty damn good. Yeah. And he's a lot better than what they have on the team. Absolutely. So my hot take is that... I don't even know if you can necessarily call it a hot take because he is being drafted as like a wide receiver three or flex option, but D.D. Westbrook's going to be a wide receiver two. I have two about the Jacksonville Jaguars, one being uh, one of D.D.'s wide receiver mates. D.J. Shark is going to be a legitimate wide receiver three. I love D.J. Shark. I think he's going to be that big body, similar to Alshon Jeffrey for Nick Foles, and uh, he's going to be a legitimate weapon in that offense, especially in the red zone and just open field. Um so he's not somebody that you want to draft, but he's going to be a hot waiver wire pickup, uh, I think, even after week one. And then Ryquel Armstead's going to have standalone value this year. Uh, you know, Leonard Fournette, he's the running back there, but you have the injury concerns, you have uh, the off-the-field concerns, you have just the overall concerns with Leonard Fournette. And I think Ryquel Armstead does a lot of things well that are similar and different to Leonard Fournette that are going to make him an RB3 flex option all year long. 
Um, I'll agree with the DJ Chark, and then to disagree with the Rykel Armstead, mostly because I'm a big believer in Leonard Fournette for this year. Um, I, I don't really think Rykel Armstead's going to have much of a dog in this fight at all in Jacksonville, um, but this will be a fun thing for us to revisit, because you think the world of him, I personally don't think much of him at all. Shout out to South Jersey. Uh, next up is the Kansas City Chiefs. My hot take for the Kansas City Chiefs is that Pat Mahomes will stay the overall QB1. The reason why that is a hot take is because no quarterback has really ever done that in fantasy. No one has yeah. been the QB1 and then repeated as the QB1. Um, I just I just don't see him falling from grace. I mean, he's going to have a, um, a regression for sure, mm-hmm. but his regression is still going to be number one in the league. So that's... That's my hot my take. My hot take is, but me. I will not take him in the third round like everyone yeah, else is. Like stupid, ridiculous. Uh, my hot take is Miko Hardman will be the wide receiver <clears throat> two in the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I like it. I like he's, it. He's going to be behind Tyreek Hill, uh, but he's going to be more open than Tyreek will, and I think he's better than Sammy Watkins. And Sammy Watkins has the injury concerns that we all know about, and uh, I think he's going to be the wide receiver two leaps and bounds ahead of, uh, as the fantasy footballers call him, the Lizard King. The Lizard King. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> but uh, I I think Sammy Watkins is still going to be prioritized over Miko Hardman. Uh, with that being said, I mean, either way, neither of them is going to be prioritized nearly as much as Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Um, so I would rather own Miko Hardman though because you mm-hmm. don't have to pay as much for him. Like Sammy Watkins is going in mid rounds, and yeah, I'm not paying. Crazy. I'm not paying a mid round draft pick for for Sammy Watkins and Miko Hardman's falling pretty Sammy Watkins pretty far, is so. like the plague to your fantasy roster. Yeah, I'm just not a big Sammy Watkins guy, but we'll move on um, to the Los Angeles Rams. What's your take for the Los Angeles Rams? Um people are sleeping on Brandon Cooks. Like I I don't understand it. He's one of the most consistent wide receivers mm-hmm. in the NFL. He literally just goes out there and does the same thing every year, you know. Puts up the yards, gets the big play, scores touchdowns. And then gets off the field. Yeah. And he's consistently a top 15 wide receiver. And he's really, I mean, he's drafted, he's disrespected in his in his draft position. Mm-hmm. Because he is, I don't want to say he's going to severely outperform his ADP, but he is going to most definitely at least live up to it. Yeah. And there's not that many players in the entire league, that you can definitely look at them and say, okay, you're going to live up to your ADP no matter what. And me personally, I'd rather have shares of Brandon Cooks than Robert Woods. I would too. I think Brandon Cooks is just the safest option. He's he's probably the best wide receiver too you could possibly ask for for your fantasy football Easily. team. Um, so mine is going to be about another receiver, and it's actually going to be that Cooper Cup is going to be the top receiver in LA this year. So... Cooper Cup's obviously coming off of a pretty big injury, but he's come back. His timing is even faster, and he he looks faster. He looks stronger. He he's like a bionic man, you know. Um, comes out of nowhere and just they must have rebuilt him this off season because he looks great. But Jared Goff has a great connection um, with Cooper Cup, and I think that's that's going to be very prominent this year. So. Yeah, I mean Cooper Cup when he got injured last year, you saw the entire dynamic of that Rams offense completely change throughout the rest of the season. Jared Goff looked a little bit more lost out there without Cooper Cup. He was his safety blanket. And, uh, you know, we all know that Sean McVay is in his helmet up until the very last second calling those plays for him because Jared Goff just isn't really that smart. Um, Decent quarterback, though. But 
I agree. I mean, Cooper Cup makes that offense kind of tick. Mm-hmm. It's him and Todd Gurley, and if Cooper Cup's not out there, it changes a lot. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, going to the other team from Los Angeles, which is the Chargers. The Chargers. Um, let's not make any hot takes about Melvin Gordon because... Yeah. Melvin Gordon has a, a more likely scenario of playing, in my opinion, this year than Zeke. Uh, I Okay, now that's a hot take and a half. I couldn't disagree more. Mostly because we know the numbers with the Melvin Gordon situation, where they're sitting at. The Chargers have offered $10 million. The uh, the Melvin Gordon camp one's 13, so they're not that far apart. So I think there's more of a chance of them coming together and agreeing during the season. Obviously, it's not going to happen before week one, in my opinion, but during the season, I think Melvin Gordon will end up coming back. Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's make a bet here. If... So I will... Now, our, our league fee is only $25. It's pretty. It's pretty cheap league fee. I will pay your entire league fee next year if Melvin Gordon comes back before Ezekiel Elliott. Fair. And if Ezekiel Elliott comes back before Melvin Gordon, you only have to pay for half my league fee. That's Fair. that's how that's how um, confident I am that Ezekiel Elliott will be back before Melvin Gordon. So I will pay your entire league fee if Melvin Gordon comes back first, and if Zeke comes back first, you will pay half of my league fee next year. I'm down for that. All right. We have it I recorded. have another hot take. We have our first ever on the pod bet, so Big everyone wagers. will keep us um, keep us honest to those. But my hot take for the Los Angeles Chargers is that Mike Williams is going to be the highest scoring uh, highest scoring player. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't count Phillip Rivers, but he's going to be the highest scoring player for fantasy football this year. Interesting. Uh, my hot take is that there's going to be four elite tight ends this year. Hunter Henry is going to get into the pantheon hey. with Zach Ertz, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. So it's safe to assume that you disagree and you think Hunter Henry will have more fantasy points than Mike Williams? Uh, I don't think he'll have more, but I think they'll be in that similar range. So you don't think I'm crazy for saying Mike Williams will lead that team in fantasy points? No, because Keenan Allen is an injury risk, mm-hmm. and we saw what Mike Williams can do. Uh, when Keenan Allen was out, when he was in, and there's no more Tyrell Williams there holding Mike Williams back. You can kind of put him on the outside now and not worry about him in the slot. Uh, You have a true slot receiver with Travis Benjamin now, who Phillip Rivers has said he looks the best he ever has since arriving in Los Angeles. And uh, I think this is the year Mike Williams like breaks through, kind of goes super sane on the league and uh, puts a lot of people on notice. Yeah. I, I like the Chargers a lot for this year. I like him a lot more if Melvin Gordon comes back, but hopefully he you comes back. You know why else I like the Chargers this year? Their default home uniforms are those beautiful powder blues. Oh, yeah, those are sick. Those are really neat. Um, so we'll move down to Miami. Oof. I'm not going to lie. I don't have a hot take for this team. Um, if I had to choose one, I will say that Kenyon Drake and Keelan Balaj will both be wastes of picks on draft day. Um that's the only thing I could say. Yeah. Um. I really, I mean, in, in a team that is a barren wasteland of fantasy, like, it's so hard to, like, say anything. There's literally and, like, nothing. I would say, like, ooh, hot take, this guy is going to be so good, but, like, I'm not going to put that on the record because I don't believe in anyone my, from Miami, and I don't think most of the fantasy football community does. My hot take's not more or less about Miami, but it's about a player there that will gain fantasy value <laughs> during the season. 
Devontae Parker will get traded at the NFL trade deadline, therefore making him fantasy relevant. <laughs> I like that. Um, He's going to go to a team that desperately needs like a wide receiver, two, three. Kenny Stills? Kenny Stills, I think, will get traded before. Okay. Um, so I think Devontae Parker gets traded uh, at the NFL trade deadline in October to a team that desperately needs a wide receiver due to either injury or just lack thereof. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see if the uh, Seattle Seahawks potentially inquire about him uh, because it would make a lot of sense. Or, say, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals trade A.J. Green. They want to go get a wide receiver, too, opposite of Tyler Boyd and bring Devontae Parker in on a, a low-risk, high-reward type thing. He's a young receiver. He's a former first-round pick. I think Devontae Parker will have mid-season fantasy relevance once he gets traded from Miami. Staying on the M's, we'll talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Oof. I Okay, so I don't know. No, this is actually pretty pretty damn hot take. Adam Thielen is going to have just as many 100-yard games as he did last year. Wow. Yeah, massive hot take, right? That is scorching. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in Adam Thielen. How many 100-yard games did he have? Like 10? Something like that? I want to say 9? Yeah. Maybe 10? 9 or 10. I know like 8 of them were in a row, yeah. which is absolutely bizarre. But I think Adam Thielen will see those 8, 9, or 10 100-yard games this year. Interesting. I have two takes about this team. Uh, <clears throat> this one's not a take. It's just fact. Kirk Coupons <laughs> is not going to be good this year. He's looked awful this preseason. And uh, I just don't think he's a very good quarterback, to be oh. honest with you. Um, second, here's my first hot take. Uh, as Mikey goes and dies. <laughs> um... My first hot take, Dalvin Cook is going to be a top three running back in the NFL this year, as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, that's the hot take in itself, though, is if he can stay healthy. Right. Uh, my, my number two hot take, Stefan Diggs is being overhyped. I, I don't, I mean, he's a good receiver, but he has so much inconsistency in his game. Kirk Coupons likes Adam Thielen more than he likes Stefan Diggs. All these people... Tell me, you know, Stefan Diggs is the next Antonio Brown. He's going to, you know, be a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL for years to come. I don't see it. Stefan Diggs is a good wide receiver. He's not great. Yeah, he's always been a little bit overhyped. However, would you complain about having him as the wide receiver too on your fantasy Absolutely team? Absolutely not. Yeah. But I just think a lot of people are overhyping him, overvaluing him. I mean, there are some people that think he is worth more than Adam Thielen yeah. in fantasy, and that. Is ludicrous to me. I mean, if if someone picks Stefan Diggs before they pick Adam Thielen in a fantasy draft, like just based off of get your priorities straight, dude. It's science. Like we've seen it. Um, moving on to the New England Patriots. My hot take back in April was that Julian Edelman is going to become the steal of the draft in 2019. Now, when I said this, his ADP was not in the third round. Like he's being drafted in like the late third, early fourth now. Uh, though I think he's definitely going to live up to his ADP, you can't call that a steal. So I'm going to have to revise my hot take. So my hot take will be that Josh Gordon, bearing any suspensions, is actually going to be a low-end wide receiver too this year. Uh, I have two about the Patriots. Josh Gordon will not finish the season. I think mine might be a bigger <laughs> hot take than yours. Um <laughs> And then uh, I think Sony Michelle is being undervalued. Dude, definitely. Especially after what he did in the preseason game. I mean, he they, tore my Panthers up, dude. Sony Michelle looked great. They've built this team 
for the long run around Sony Michelle, knowing that Tom Brady's getting older. He's still doing Tom Brady things, sure. but they're giving him that you know safety blanket to just be like, here you go, run the ball. They've, they've bolstered that offensive line. He's the clear-cut RB1 on that team, and uh, Sony Michelle is going to be putting a lot of people on notice to say, hey, like I am an elite running back. Yeah, Sonny Michelle is going to be pretty damn good this year, and he's being drafted as like a super low-end RB2. Yeah, I but don't you understand are, it. If you're Sonny Michelle as your RB2, you're probably in great shape. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so we'll move on to the New Orleans Saints. My take might be a spicy one. Alvin Kamara, who's being drafted as oh the number two or number three overall player off of fantasy drafts, He's still going to be an RB1, but he's going to be in that like 9 through 12 range as opposed wow. to like a top 3, top 4 guys. And hear me out on this one. I just can't I can't see it because I think Latavius Murray is going to be a lot more involved. You love Latavius Murray. I love Murray. Latavius Murray. I like him more than I like Mark Ingram, to be completely honest with you, and I think he's going to be more effective out there. Michael Thomas is like the most targeted receiver in the entire league. Um, there's no way that uh, – what's his face? The the rookie receiver for them last year, what was his name? Uh, Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith. There's no way that Traquan Smith is as bad as he was last year. And Ted Ginn is back. Like, Ted Ginn is back in the lineup. That's massive for the Saints because he is such a home run hitter. And though I do, I wouldn't complain about getting Alvin Kamara in, in any of my leagues, I would still take him top five in drafts just because I sincerely hope my hot take is wrong. But I think he's going to be like RB9 at best on the season. Interesting. Um, I have a fun kind of not-so-serious hot take, and then an actual hot take. My actual one, you brought his name up, Traquan <laughs> Smith is going to be a wide receiver, too, this year. Wow, that's, that's a hot take and a half. He is going to put a lot of people in perspective and say, hey, you know, I was a third-round pick for a reason. He's going to really elevate his game with Drew Brees this year. Uh, I mean, and, he showed flashes last yeah, year. Yeah, and but I think he he's going to be more consistent. It's weird, though, because he showed flashes of being super incredible, and then he showed flashes of having the same amount of athleticism as you or me. Yeah. So, so. I think he, he puts it all together and uh, has a, a super sophomore season. Uh, my my fun hot take is that the Saints will file another lawsuit in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate the Saints so much. <laughs> Don't we all? I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. I I'm an Eagles fan. so much. Um, moving on to the New York Giants. Oof. I God. I have to think, because my original hot take for them was that Golden Tate was going to be a top 20 receiver, but then he got suspended. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that anymore. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think their number one receiver for the year is going to be Cody Lattimore, and I think their number two receiver for the year is as long as Daniel Jones gets in sooner rather than later, I think their number two receiver is actually going to become Darius Slayton. So I am saying that Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate aren't going to be the top two receivers on the team. I'll do you one better. Regardless of who's quarterback, Saquon Barkley is going to be the number one wide well, receiver. Yeah, that's that's a given. Uh, Saquon Barkley he's is... He's going to lead that team in targets. He's going to lead that team in literally every step. Yeah, so if you have Saquon, you're a lucky son of a gun. Yeah. So that's it for the New York Giants. Uh, it's really hard to like say. You want to hear the fun hot them. take I've been seeing floated around on Twitter? What's that? <laughs> Is that the New York Giants will trade <laughs> Eli Manning to the Indianapolis Colts? That 
Stranger Things have happened, man. <laughs> stranger Things have happened. Cue the Stranger Things music. I don't. But the thing though is that I would rather start Jacoby Brissett over Eli Manning. Absolutely. But how funny would it be that both Manning brothers end up playing for the Colts? That would be pretty incredible. And then you could they could all break out their Manning jerseys, kind of just change the number a little yep. bit with some white tape. It's good. It'll be good. Uh, so going on to from one New York team to the other, uh, even though they both play in New Jersey, um, the New York Jets, who actually their training facility is right next to my job. I work in Florham Park, New Jersey. Um, so whatever. <laughs> they practiced at your college. They literally practiced at my college, which is across the street from where I work in New Jersey. But whatever. Get a grip. Uh, my hot take for the New York Jets is <clears throat> that there is no hot takes to be taken. Um, so a lot of people think Le'Veon Bell is going to have a bad year. A lot of people think Robbie Anderson is going to have a great year. A lot of people think Sam Darnold is going to make this massive leap. And I'm going to say that I'm not going to get on board with any of those hot takes. I think Le'Veon Bell is still going to perform as a pretty damn good running back. I think Robbie Anderson is still going to be good but wildly inconsistent. And Sam Darnold, though he is going to improve a lot this year, he's not going to see this magnificent leap that everyone's talking about. Like, I just don't see it happening. I think they're going to be a much better team than they were last year. But I, I guess you could say my hot take is that Le'Veon Bell's not going to flop. Robbie Anderson is not going to be able to be your weekly wide receiver too, and Sam Darnold is not worth being your starting quarterback. My hot take, uh, Quincy Anunwa will be more valuable than Robbie Anderson this year. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of don't disagree with that, and the reason why is because Quincy Anunwa was like, when he was healthy, he was hyper-targeted by Sam Darnold last year. Yeah. So I think that there could be, there's definitely a chemistry there. Yeah, he, he loves throwing to Quincy Anunwa, and I think... Uh, it's gonna pay dividends, especially now that he's healthy, and uh, he's gonna be he's gonna be Sam Darnold's uh, favorite guy. So next team we're gonna talk about is going to be the Oakland Raiders, and it's funny that we were talking about freezing cold takes earlier because we are gonna talk about some freezing cold feet. Oh, good segue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Paul Blurt status. But this is my hot take. Are you ready? Lay it on me. So. Providing Antonio Brown is on the field for all 16 games, Antonio Brown will outscore Juju Smith-Schuster in fantasy. It's fair. And the reason why that's such a hot take is because Antonio Brown is falling and falling and falling. And even before all of this craziness with the feet and the helmet and everything, everyone was still saying that they would rather have Juju Smith-Schuster instead of Antonio Brown on their fantasy squad all offseason. I couldn't understand why. Juju's a phenomenal receiver. But Antonio Brown is one of the greatest ever. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no debating that. So, I think, I, if if I had some security in knowing that Antonio Brown wasn't going to sit out any games, um, I would take Antonio Brown over Juju Smith-Schuster. Definitely. So, I mean, Juju, you have to take at the beginning of the sixth round. Antonio Brown, you can get like late third round now, uh, just because of all the craziness that's going on. Mm-hmm. So, I will gladly take Antonio Browning and confidently say that he is going to have more fantasy points than Juju this year. That's fun. Uh, Mine is that Josh Jacobs will be not as good as a lot of people are thinking. Now, I I will say with Doug Martin being released, that's that's an obvious Mm -hmm. step up for him because now he literally will not forfeit any rushing Yeah, it's him and Jalen Richard, and Jalen Richard is more of a receiving back. Jalen Richard is like the Chris Thompson role, but not nearly as effective as Chris Thompson. And Josh Jacobs can catch the ball, unlike 
Doug Martin. Mm-hmm. So I think I think Josh Jacobs is still going to be – he's going to be a volume-based RB2 this year, but I don't think he's going to be anything exceptional like a lot of people are saying. Yeah, I think he's going to be a low-end RB2, and that's mostly, like I've said on numerous shows – that Raiders offensive line is not what it was a few years ago when they were, you know, making the playoffs and everything like that. So uh, I, I'm not high on Josh Jacobs, and if you took him as like your RB one or as your solidified RB two, you might want to reevaluate what you did in your draft. Yeah. Uh, so going on to your favorite NFL team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, go ahead and give me your your hot take for them. Uh, I have a I have a couple actually. Okay. Um, Dallas Goddard is going to be fantasy relevant all season long. I agree. I think he's going to be a legitimate tight end, too. Um, like the a Eagles, high end tight end. Yeah, too. like the Eagles are going to be running 12 personnel as their base offensive sure. package, which means Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz are going to be on the field at the same time. Zach Ertz is going to catch those double teams because of how damn good he is. He's incredible. Dallas Goddard is literally Zach Ertz <clears throat> Jr. Like, they're built the same way. They both catch the ball like freaks. Yeah, like if you see one of them catch a touchdown on You don't know who it is. You don't know who it is until you see the number. Exactly. And even then, they're so close in number, you got to see the nameplate. Yep. Um, So I think Dallas Goddard is going to be probably the number one tight end two this year. Okay. Um, My other hot take is that uh, Miles Sanders is going to start the season as the RB1 for the Eagles. Jordan Howard all preseason was out there for lengths at a time you know he was playing full quarters which goes to show me that they don't have a lot of confidence in him yet and they're showing more confidence in their rookie and Miles Sanders I think he's the legitimate RB1 on this Eagles team he's more talented than Jordan Howard he's more versatile and uh, he reminds me of a young LaShawn McCoy so if you got Miles Sanders over Jordan Howard you're doing it right yeah and my take I don't disagree with any of those. My hot take was probably going to be about Miles Sanders as well, and I'm I'm going to agree with you. That's my my original hot take for the Philadelphia Eagles back in April was that Jordan Howard was going to be a top twenty running back for fantasy. This was obviously before they drafted Miles Sanders, um, so I'm going to retract that hot take because I no longer believe in it. Um, I do. I guess my biggest hot take would be I. I personally don't want to own any Philadelphia Eagle that's not Zach Ertz on my fantasy team. And it's nothing against them. You know, they're obviously one of the best teams in the NFL right now. But I don't want to own Carson Wentz because the injuries scare the living shit out of me. Like, the dude hasn't had a fully healthy season yet. Um, so that's that's terrifying. Um, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, uh, Ortega Whiteside... Nelson, Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar. I mean, there's so many mouths to feed, and nothing's a given. If I had to choose a receiver to own, it'd be Deshaun Jackson. The reason why is that's a hot take in itself. Well, the reason why is because I'm not gonna, I'm not taking Alshon Jeffrey in the sixth or seventh round. Like it's just not happening. Like Deshaun Jackson's fallen to the tenth or the eleventh. I would much rather have the value in Deshaun Jackson than I would with Alshon Jeffrey. So if I had to choose a receiver, it would be Deshaun Jackson. But I would not go out of my way to draft any of those receivers. Um, Zach Ertz. I want obviously. him, obviously, uh, but he's he's going to be the only Philadelphia Eagle that I would actually want. And then the running back situation is just such a headache, dude. I mm-hmm. mean, I like Miles Sanders. I really do. I think he's going to be, like, the guy to own in that backfield if you're going to own any of them. But I don't think he's going to be incredibly fantasy relevant until, like, the last half of the season because Jordan Howard is still there. And over the first three seasons of Jordan Howard's career, he did put up 3,300 rushing yards in those mm-hmm. three seasons. So he's he's incredibly competent. You know, his his hands are like bricks, though. He can't catch a ball. But um, 
you know, I just, it's not something that I want to personally get invested in, especially at some of the ADPs there. So for that reason, my hot take is that I'm avoiding all Philadelphia Eagles not named Zacherts. Interesting. Uh, moving on. Go Birds. To, moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to stay on the topic of Juju Smith-Schuster. He's not going to be a top 10 fantasy receiver this year. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely a top 15, though. I think Juju is going to have a better season than a lot of people think. They're, they're, I think there's a lot and too much stock in the missing Antonio Brown factor. I think Juju has a lot to prove this year, especially, you know, with the uh, the drop pass and everything and, you know, people questioning his uh, his love for the game because of the Fortnite stuff and all that good stuff and kind of just being this guy. You know, <clears throat> that's just who Juju Smith-Schuster is. Oh, he's a great guy. He's, he's one of the nicest, like, genuine guys in the NFL. My buddy... James Papiano lives in Pittsburgh, and one of his buddies lives in the same neighborhood as Juju, and literally says Juju walks around his neighborhood just walking his dog, says hello to people, like, that's just who he is. Um, so people just need to calm down with the Juju hate, and just realize that, like, he's a talented wide receiver, and missing Antonio Brown, I think, is going to motivate him even more, especially after everything that came out this offseason, uh, with that whole Instagram conversation being shared. I think Juju's going to put a lot of people on notice and let them know that he's the, he's the real deal. No, I do like Juju. You know, I'm I'm definitely not going to root against him. I think he is a he's a great guy. He's a great football player. He's very genuine. Um, and me saying that he's not going to finish as a top ten fantasy receiver is not a knock on him. It's just a knock on the Pittsburgh Steelers. But you know how I feel about them. Mm-hmm. I sincerely think that um, you know James Conner not having the motivation of a potential Le'Veon Bell return is going to affect his play. I don't think he's going to be as good this year. I don't think that passing attack is going to be nearly as good as they were without Antonio Brown. Um, ben Roethlisberger is getting older. Like I just I, I I can't see any Pittsburgh Steeler. Well, I guess just I, I guess James Conner and Juju Smith-Schuster. I can't see them living up to their ADP. Uh, so I am going to say Juju is going to miss the top 10 spot. However, I would agree with you. I'd be incredibly surprised if he wasn't at least a top 15. He's still worth the draft pick. Mm-hmm. Like his his ceiling is is ridiculous, and his floor is pretty damn safe. Yeah. But I just think I just think you should have temper expectations. Juju, another year. guy. You're welcome to come on the podcast. Here's my other hot take about the Steelers. Doesn't necessarily involve fantasy per se, but it does. This could be the year that Mike Tomlin gets fired. It could be, and you never know. I mean, they did just extend him, mm-hmm. but you never know. If that's, things, that's a team that if things start going wrong early, things there's going to be a lot of chaos around that team, and uh, it could spell the end for Mike Tomlin. No doubt. So we got about four or five teams left here, so we'll try to get through those. Um, San Francisco 49ers, Debo Samuel's going to be their number one fantasy Debo, 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 Debo. Do you disagree? Not at all. I mean... Who else are they going to be? Dante Pettis? Like, I know Dante Pettis is like extremely toted after right now in the fantasy football community. I don't get it. Marquise Goodwin, he's hit or miss. No, Goodwin's not even draftable um, in my opinion. You know, honestly. I mean, Jalen Hurts, the other guy they drafted, not bad. But I just, Jordan I don't. Matthews is there. Like, it's, it's, I don't see it's it. wide open for Debo. Yeah. Um, He made a pretty damn good grab and. Yeah. Uh, catch and run in, in the preseason too he's, so. he's very good i like debo a lot if you listen to this show you know that um my hot take is that tevin coleman is going to be the number two pass receiver in this offense this year behind debo samuel i like it i think I like tevin it. coleman's going wait, to wait, return. wait 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 you're forgetting about well, george Kittle. george kittle's in a pantheon of his own yeah 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 um 
But, you know, when it comes to outside of George Kittle, Tevin Coleman's going to be right behind Debo Samuel. Uh, He's returning with Kyle Shanahan, which if we all go back and look at his Falcons days, that's when Tevin Coleman thrived. Yeah. And that's when he thrived as a pass catcher. So I think Tevin Coleman is going to have a big resurgence. He's going to push Matt Breida and Jarek McKinnon to the curb and make them not even close to relevant. Tevin Coleman needs to be owned as a, a potential RB2. Yeah, I like that take. So moving on to Seattle. Um, my take might be too spicy for you. Russell Wilson's not going to be a QB1. Interesting. In in fantasy football. I just... I mean, dude, he's... He runs less now. Last year, he performed decent, but the only reason why is because he had, like, 35 touchdowns or something ridiculous like that. Like, that's not going to happen again. I just... Russell Wilson is being drafted as, like, a top seven, top eight quarterback, I believe, right now, and he's not going to live up to that. Um... I just I, I think he's going to finish in that QB twelve to QB fifteen range this year. I just don't really believe in him going forward, and I'm not going to have any shares to Russell Wilson. Very interesting. Uh, my hot take is that Tyler Lockett is being overvalued. Overvalued. Um, you know he's he's a good wide receiver. Very similar in my opinion in you know that kind of realm of Stefan Diggs, where he's good, not great, and I think a lot of people are putting unreal expectations on him, especially since Doug Baldwin's gone. He's going to see a lot more volume, but I just, you know, he's one of those deep threats that is very 50-50. He doesn't always catch the balls thrown to him. Uh, I think Tyler Lockett's being overvalued this year, and a lot of people drafting him where he's, you know, expected to be drafted are going to be disappointed. Well, Tyler Lockett had the highest catch rate out of any NFL receiver last year. So, just piggybacking off of that, I... I don't think he's being overvalued at all. I think he's a stud. I think he's the, quite literally the only receiver for Russell Wilson right now, especially with DK Metcalf uh, sidelined. Um, I I love Tyler Lockett. I'm buying all of. I don't even think he's. I don't. I think he's underhyped right now. If I'm going to be completely honest with you, I think Tyler Lockett could could definitely be a top 16 top 17 guy i mean i've seen a couple people on twitter thinking that he's going to move into the wide receiver one echelon this year so i'm i'm on that side so you and i will disagree on that one um so moving from seattle to tampa bay you ready for this one oh boy mike evans chris godwin oj howard We'll all have a thousand yards this year. Wow, that's a lot of faith in Jameis Winston. That's a lot of faith in Jameis Winston. <laughs> but who else is he throwing the ball to? Cam Brate. <laughs> you just answered my question right yeah. there. Jameis Winston is a lock to throw at least four thousand passing yards. I mean, it's no ifs, ands, or buts, especially without a legitimate backup quarterback behind him. Like even if he starts messing up, he's still going to be out there. But I. I can't see a scenario where the three of them don't all have a thousand yards. I mean, the only scenario I can see is if OJ Howard goes down with injury again. But that's my take. They all three of them will have over a thousand yards. Every single one of them is well worth their ADP. In fact, Mike Evans is being taken at the end of the second, early of the third, and twelve team rounds. Dude, you could take him at the beginning of the second, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Like Mike Evans is that good. So that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, my take is Peyton Barber is going to be a legitimate RB two. Hell yeah. Uh, and my other take is from Twitter that I saw. Uh, it's not my personal one, but I did see it. We talked about it on the live stream yesterday about Mike Lombardi's wide receiver uh, rumor. 
possible maybe we see Mike Evans get traded because there's so much faith in Chris Godwin. Um, you know, he's a guy that's going to be commanding a big salary. And, you know, it, it's possible that uh, Mike Evans might get traded to just help improve this team. I disagree. I do too. But I disagree. I'm floating it out there wholeheartedly. Because my my solidified take is about Peyton Barber, but that team is so offensively minded now. It has to be with what they have on that team. Mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, they need all the firepower they can get. I I can't imagine any scenario where Mike Evans leaves Tampa Bay. No, 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 no. I can't. We shall see. Uh, we have two teams left. Next up, my least favorite team in all of fantasy football, the Tennessee Titans. I hate them. What I a hate do, them baby. so much. Um, I hate them so much, dude. <laughs> like, words cannot express how much I hate Tennessee Titans. Uh, I have nothing against their team as an organization. I have nothing against any of their players. The only thing I have against them is that they're a fantasy football wasteland. Like, I can't stand them, but who's, my hot take— Who's more of a wasteland? The Titans or the Dolphins? <laughs> I love seeing this this Titans angst and anger in person, too. I know, too. I know, dude. I, I would rather have... I hate saying this, but I would rather have players from the Titans than I would rather have players from <laughs> yes. the Miami Dolphins this year. Um, like, I would... If you put them side by side, I'd rather have Derrick Henry instead of Kenyon Drake. Absolutely. If you put them side by side, I'd rather have Corey Davis than Devontae Parker. Absolutely. I would rather have... AJ Brown. I would rather have AJ Brown than Devontae Parker. I'd rather have Adam Humphreys than Kenny Stills. Yeah, and then but, I'd rather have Delaney but, Walker than any would, tight end in Miami. Yeah. I think I would take either Josh Rosen or Ryan Fitzpatrick over Marcus Mariota though. I don't know if I'd go that far. I hate Marcus Mariota in terms of fantasy. But anyway, my hot take there is that Delaney Walker, though I hate Tennessee from a fantasy perspective, I love them for the tight ends. Delaney Walker is gonna be um a top ten mm-hmm. tight end this year. I agree. Not not top five, not even close. He's going to be like the nine or ten. Yeah. But Delaney Walker, he is only two seasons removed from like uh, it was the dynamic. He was like a, the tight end five or tight end six, and you know, dude, he's good. He's, he's very good. good, and he's going like in the fourteenth round of drafts right now. Um, so I think he's somebody that needs to be on my hot take about the Titans. You need stock in all of those wide receivers. Adam Humphreys seems to be Marcus Mariota's favorite target, uh, especially on third down. Corey Davis, like his uh, draft counterpart Mike Williams, is going to burst onto the scene this year and finally put it all together. And A.J. Brown is a guy that I liked, you loved. I think he's going to be a lot more productive than people think. This Titans offense is going to tick, tick, boom, and be very, very productive, and I'm, I'm all in on the Titans. You said that last year, and I said this last year, and I was so incredibly right, aside from Derrick Henry's, like, three- or four-week, like, stupid production. Which, by the way, if you're looking for that in Derrick Henry every week, get real, guys. Like, that's not going to happen. Granted, you look at the upgrades the Titans have made at the wide receiver position, because last year was Corey Davis, and... That was it. You can't name any other wide receiver that and was And Delaney Walker roster. was hurt, too. So right, and that him. was Marcus Mariota's favorite target sure. his entire career so far. I guess. Adam Humphreys is a huge upgrade in the slot, and that's going to help this offense kind of just become that much more balanced and dynamic, because that's another player that teams have to just keep an eye on. 
I guess, man. I don't know. I just I'll believe it when I see it. I hate <laughs> the Tennessee Titans, but if you're gonna draft one of them, take Delaney Walker in double digit rounds. He's not gonna disappoint you, and if he does, who cares? You spent a twelfth round pick on Very him. Very true. Last up on the list is the only team we haven't talked about. The Washington, oh, Washington. Redskins. Um I have here's my here's my two hot takes. And I I don't know if you can count the one as a hot take, but Darius Geis is going to be the RB1 to own there. He's not going to be an RB1. Hell, I don't even know if he's going to be an RB2. But I would rather own Darius Geis over Adrian Peterson this year. That is a little less of a hot take because his ADP is three rounds before Adrian Peterson's. But my actual big boy hot take for the Washington Redskins is that uh, Terry McLaurin will be the wide receiver one to own in Washington. And as soon as Dwayne Haskins takes over that team, Terry McLaurin will actually be a weekly starter in fantasy. Uh, my hot take is that if you are drafting players from Washington, you are doing fantasy wrong. That team is uh, a wasteland. They are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year. Uh, the offensive line is hot garbage, especially with Trent Williams holding out and not playing. He's a future Hall of Famer at left tackle, which makes that running game go. There's there's nothing. I'm staying completely away from Washington, I'm throwing them into Area 51 and letting the Naruto runners run after him there you go. because I want nothing to do with Washington in 2019. You know, I just got done having that exact same discussion, but instead of saying the word Washington, I was saying Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so there you have it. That is mine and Kyle's hot takes for all 32 of the NFL teams, let us know who you agree with, who you disagree with, and by all means, save this conversation in your archives and feel free to call us out at the end of the season when we are wrong. Uh, however, make sure to build us up for every hot take that we get right. If either one of us gets at least 20 out of 32 right, That's screw a good you ratio. guys, we did good. <laughs> uh, and you can leave us your hot takes in the Apple Podcast reviews. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews and let us know your NFL hot takes for the fantasy season, but only five stars because we have standards. We know you do too. And if you haven't already, upgrade your phone. But if you can't, we are on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at UndergroundPHI, at goal underscore line underscore FFB. And uh, we'll be back next week as we are a week away from football going down. I'm pumped. And I would imagine we'll do a mock draft at some point this mm -hmm. week because we did a mock draft one a couple final. weeks ago. And we'll do one final one for those that haven't drafted this weekend, might be doing it this upcoming weekend for Labor Day. Um, so we'll we'll do that. We'll send that out to uh, to get you guys prepared for that. Uh, as and always, we'll if, have a uh, solidified schedule of when goal line is going up during the season yeah, as well. Yeah. More than likely going to be on Wednesdays. Yeah, Wednesdays. As long as we're gonna we're gonna do our very best. You know, we're def at the very latest. It'll be on Thursdays. You know, we want to make sure everyone's ready for those Thursday night games. Um, you know, we'll be doing weekly starts and sits. You know, we'll be taking questions if you need. Uh, so anything, anything. You know, we're really looking forward to bringing all of that content in the next couple of weeks. Um, so for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and of course for Goal Line Fantasy Football, thanks for hanging out with us, and we are looking forward to hanging out with you again next week. Tyler Boyd, Juju Smith-Schuster, come on the podcast. Peace. I don't know if I've ever owned Le'Veon Bell. He's a good own. He is a good own. I love Melvin Gordon. I hope he signs a contract. <laughs> I hope he doesn't. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>